So sepsis is an infection of the blood that attacks all your vital organs, as you know, and it can stem from an infection on your hand or in my husband's case, it was bronchitis that turned into pneumonia. Um, sepsis, it's a little confusing for a lot of people. Most people don't know the signs, but if your listeners go to sepsis.org there and scroll down, there's a diagram that says yourself. Welcome to another inspired episode of Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring life experiences. Today's guest, Christina Flat, mother of five, celebrating makeup artist, CEO and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup, has been making strides to make a difference and bring awareness to the disease that took her husband, Ken Flack, an American double world number one tennis player, from here on March 12, 2018. Today's episode is to raise awareness on sepsis and how to save life and not lose loved ones who catch the disease. We'll also be talking more about Christina's life, work journey, and her achievements. Hello, Christina, and welcome to Podcast. Hi, Christina. how are you? Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you today, and I'm excited about today's um, episode. Um, I think I was speaking to your assistant about it because I'm a sepsis survivor. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Another opportunity to share my experience. So I'm excited for us to talk about it. But um, before we get right into today's topic, tell us a little bit about Christina, who she is, where she comes from, the basic stuff like that, so that the audience know who I guess really is for today. Well, you pretty much said everything. Yes, I am the mother of five. I am a celebrity makeup artist and the creator and founder of Pretty Girl Makeup. I am also a philanthropist um, and I am a sepsis awareness advocate. And that's pretty much everything. <laughs> great. Great. So what is sepsis? Somebody would, would uh, like to know what sepsis is because I didn't know what it was. When I was, did I. yeah, when I was on my deathbed, did I. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I had a lot of chills and I, I felt very, very unwell. Yes. Yes. So sepsis is an infection of the blood that attacks all your vital organs, as you know, and it can stem from an infection on your hand or in my husband's case, it was bronchitis that turned into pneumonia. Um, sepsis it's a little confusing for a lot of people. Most people don't know the signs, but if your listeners go to sepsis.org there and scroll down, there's a diagram that says time. And what time stands for, T is for temperature. You can be incredibly hot or incredibly cold. I is for infection in some place in your body. M is for mental decline. You start feeling a little bit, not clear, a little cloudy. And E is for excruciating pain. You feel like you're dying because you probably are. And, um, it's like it's kind of like childbirth. You don't know how bad it is until you're in it. And I think that's the probably the best way to describe sepsis. It's it's not your normal flu or cold. And so you really need to be aware of the symptoms and oftentimes people don't know they're septic and then it's too late. But if you think you have any of those signs, you can go to the doctor, the emergency and request a blood test and say I think I might have sepsis. And they can get you on an IV antibiotic and you'll be saved. 
So how it's do not one of those things sorry. that you can wait till tomorrow and go, hmm. oh, if I don't feel better tomorrow, um, I'll go to the doctor. No, you need to go now. So how did your husband's own come about? Like, how did it happen for him to get septic? Well, he, ha he had a cold um, and it turned into bronchitis and pneumonia. Uh, we called his doctors at Kaiser Permanente here in the States. And they have a protocol of speaking with an advice nurse and then your doctor. Well, they misdiagnosed. They didn't see him. And uh, they gave him the wrong medicine. They gave him cough medicine with codeine and an inhaler and no antibiotic. So if you have an infection in some place in your body and you are not given a, an antibiotic, when you're given cough medicine with codeine, it slows down your breathing and it makes the infection grow at an insanely great rate. And so by the time 16 hours later, my husband was spitting up blood. I rushed him to the emergency and he was on life support um, immediately. And never regain consciousness because his doctors failed to see him. So, as I listen, that is a big problem here. It is a big problem. And sometimes you don't know how big the problem is until you are in the situation. And as I listen to you talk, I, I feel privileged. Well, I've always felt that way. But when I, when I first spoke to your assistant and all that, I, I had the moment to reflect and to be grateful for life. Absolutely. Because looking at the time your husband had his, it was just about a year. Just about. Because he had it, the date from what I see was in March. Mine was in March as well, but in 2019. So like a year. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And when I think about it, you just have to appreciate life when you have it. Because I got pregnant. I got pregnant. I didn't even know I was pregnant. I found out later. And then I, I was too active during my pregnancy because I didn't know I was pregnant. So I miscarried. Then, um, oh, so inst sorry. yeah, instead of them doing an evacuation, they said, oh, we'll just leave you. And then everything comes out in your next cycle. Then I didn't feel oh, too well. Gosh. I didn't feel too well. I went back to the hospital. They still insisted, oh, just go. Everything will come out in your next cycle. So I think I had done the trip to the hospital twice or thrice. And all on all oh occasions, they said, go home and in your next cycle. So I'd just been expecting my next cycle. Everything will come out. Then one time, <laughs> I wanted to make a dress for myself. So I was standing in a big mirror like that. All I felt was a, a gush of blood. And... I was so scared. It was just myself and my children at that time. Just the two, the three of us. My little children, just the three of us. Mm -hmm. My husband was on a, a work trip. So I quickly rushed into the bath. I first sat on the closet, on the, you know, on the bowl. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. the rate, it was as if you've turned the tap on. That was what was happening. Oh, that's so scary. So I quickly jumped into the bath. And then I realized I was going to pass out, looking at my strength. So I quickly made a call for somebody to come and take over the children. I was trying to call the hospital. I couldn't get through. And then I, my friend said, open the door. So I had to open my door, my window. Because if I pass out, my children will not be able to open the doors and windows and all that. So I did that. When my friend came in, I had passed out. 
Oh my gosh, I've got goosebumps. I'm so sorry. And I at that time, at that time, I wasn't yeah. At that time, I wasn't septic. At that time, it was just extra blood. I don't know whatever was coming out. So they took me to the hospital. The ambulance picked me up, took me to the hospital. They stopped it, the blood, and they asked me to go back home. The same oh day, God. the same day, the same day. I said I wouldn't go. They said you have to go because we need the bed. You're fine. And I said I don't want to go. I'm scared. Because it's just myself and my children. I want to be well before I go. I know I'm not well. Nunu said, you have right. to go. You know when you're, you know your body. Yeah. And good for you for sticking up for you. You have to be your biggest advocate. And it's so hard because we are in a culture where, you know, we respect doctors and listen to them. But we have to listen to our body. body. Because our bodies tell us things. And we have to listen. And you knew that there's no way you lost so much blood. I mean... I mean, you probably needed a transfusion. I mean, you certainly weren't ready. They did. They, they still sent me home. They still sent me home. That's it's awful. If, oh my god. Yeah. If you stay in here, nobody's going to attend to you. So at a point, it was becoming like a back and forth, back and forth. So I finally decided to come home. Then about a week after, that was when I became septic. I was laying in bed, and I suddenly felt massive calm in my abdomen. Then intense headache. Then suddenly. I, like in a split second, everything was happening like that. Suddenly, my nerves were shutting down. I felt my nerves were shut. I was just like that. Felt so cold, oh, but body God. felt very warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I called for the ambulance. They said, "Oh, we can't, we can't come and get you. <laughs> we can't." Pick. Oh my God! This story is breaking me crazy. <laughs> my God! So when I when I listened to all of that. I, Actually, when I was on, the, on my bed in the hospital, I knew God has spared my life. Absolutely. Angels were watching over you. Yeah. It's the only yeah. thing that makes sense. Yeah. I cannot believe yeah. you're alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it at all. The, so the, I, I had to get a taxi right in front of the hospital reception. I was able to make it through the door. I collapsed. That was the last thing I could remember. Oh, my God. When Gosh. I woke up, doctors had surrounded my bed. I felt so cold, but they wouldn't give me a blanket because they said your temperature is too hot. So I could make a few words. I said, what's, what's happening to me? Those were the words I got. Out. The next 10 them said, you have sepsis. What do you expect? <laughs> so oh, I, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, know, did this on purpose. I didn't know what sepsis was. So I pulled out my phone and tried to read a little bit and just then i knew how serious it was i think when i read it, it said 10 percent of those who get septic survive oh my gosh so i said who are your doctors they should be in jail honestly i, st I stayed in the hospital for a period of nine days on the fourth day there my heart rate drastically dropped they had to rush me to intensive care. Oh, no. So when I listen to your story, because it just happens so quickly, if you are not careful, you will die. Okay, absolutely. So I'm glad you're doing this kind of thing for people to be aware of it because I'm, I'm just beginning to know that you don't just become septic out of a miscarriage from you. No, absolutely not. I mean, I don't know about, like, you're in London, right? Yeah. Okay, so here in the States, if you would have had a miscarriage, they automatically do a DNC to clean yeah. out your uterus because exactly for what happened yeah. to avoid that. 
So that was the first mistake they made. Um, and listen to me, I sound like I think I'm a doctor. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's unbelievable that these things happen. Yeah. It's ridiculous that it happened. And you went back repeatedly, so that's even more frustrating. Yeah. But there really is a time factor with sepsis that if you don't get in, I mean, it's a miracle your organs didn't shut down. Yeah. It really is. And thank God. I'm so grateful yeah. for you and your yeah. family that you're okay. Yeah. But it really is important. Time is a major factor in surviving sepsis. So, My God. I also read that you help people deal with grief. What is the best way to grieve? I've had it. I've had multiple times to grieve because I've had stillbirth. My baby died at um, 38 weeks. Oh my so, God, I'm so sorry. And I think that happened, uh, that as well, they had just, <laughs> they had vaccinated me. I said I wasn't sure it was right for me at 36. They said, oh, you'll be fine. You're still within the window. And when they gave, I think I was still, oh, when gosh. they gave me that injection, the baby died. I felt the baby die in my womb. I felt it. I felt it because I felt I'm the sure. baby struggle yeah. in my womb. The way, so I felt it. So I've had, I've had my portion of dealing with grief and I wouldn't say it's a great thing, but what is the best way to do it? Because a lot of people go through things. It couldn't be, it, it may be different from, it wouldn't have to be child, uh, the death of a child or some, it could be anything, but people are grieving in this time, day and age with a lot of things going on. What's the best way to deal with grief? Well, I am so sorry for the loss of your baby. Um, my baby died as well on Christmas Gosh. Day when he was four and a half months old. Um, and obviously my husband passed away, my mother, my business partner. I've had a lot of loss. Um, but I, well, let's go back a bit. My, after my husband passed, my daughter, who was actually studying in London for yeah. four years at Central St. Martin's University, okay. um, came home. And she came into my office and I was having a breakdown. I was crying. I was so angry. Um, and she said, you know, mom, you have to be grateful for the time that you had with Ken and not for what you didn't have. After Bo died, my son, you were so sad and he made you laugh and smile again. And all of us, he healed all of our hearts. So when she came to me from that perspective, I thought she's right. I do have to be grateful. You know, when we meet people that we love, whether it be your husband, your friend, your child, we're not given an automatic hundred years with yeah. these people. We are given whatever we are given with, and we have to be thankful for what we have and not for what we don't have. Exactly. Um, I also was on a hike one day, and I was walking, and I could hear my husband's voice in my head because he talks to me sometimes, and he was saying that it, it was really hard for him to watch me sad and crying from up there and not being able to comfort me the same way that he could when he was alive. And when I thought about that from that perspective, I just thought, wow, how I'm not doing him any honor or service. It's not making him feel better that I'm down here miserable, even though I think a tiny bit he would like that I'm sad. <laughs> but um, I think the greatest thing that we can do to honor our loved ones is to be happy and to be grateful yeah. and to have purpose. So I started when my son Bo passed away, I started uh, the Bo Friedman, the baby Bo uh, educational fund at the Northern Lights School in Oakland, California. 
And after Ken passed, I started the Ken Flack Educational Fund at the same school. It is a school for underprivileged children, a private school. They are most 90% are there on scholarship. And so nutrition and education are incredibly important to me. And so I thought the best way that I can honor them is by helping, you know, children yeah. get a great education. I started uh, with my friend Lisa Zimmer at uh, the Edna McGuire School in Mill Valley, California, at the uh, Bo Friedman Outdoor Classroom and Garden. And it's an amazing garden that has fruit trees and vegetables and chickens. And the children plant seeds and they grow them and they watch and they do science experiments and they cook with them and then they eat what they've grown. And I feel that if children are exposed from kindergarten to fifth grade, they are going to have a lot higher chance of growing older, selecting a healthy choice of carrots or a salad. Um, and so I have been, I try to use my grief in a positive way to help yeah. others. And I do feel that that is the best thing that we can do. I also know at the beginnings of grieving, I know it's really hard, but I also know that when I got too tired, too hungry, I didn't exercise, didn't think of things that I was grateful for, everything seemed worse. So it's super important at the beginning to make sure that you are eating and drinking water and resting and exercising and getting some fresh air and helping others and, and just dealing with it. It's not going to go away, your grief. You have to learn to, ex it's not one of those things you get over. It's something you learn to manage yeah. and live with. Yeah. And I think that, you know, everything is a blessing in life. It just doesn't seem like it at the time. Um, may not we may not know in this minute this week this month this year or this lifetime why these things happen but they do and so we just have to think of you know what we learned um and what we were blessed to have in our lives and so that's for me the best way to deal with grief yeah and i i totally agree with you like looking at the positive positive side of it how to spin the whole thing out into something positive like me I, I remember when i was on my bed it, during the sepsis period i said when i come out i'm going to start a podcast share my story so that that is where podcast with sheila started so at least is a clear That's example amazing. of yeah turning something um around into something positive and have a positive platform where people can meet talk about their stories to encourage others so somebody may be listening to us or have an opportunity to listen to this maybe six months down the line a year down the line or we don't know but because the message is out there already it becomes like source of comfort they can relate to it because trust me i, I had my sepsis story and I, I i have it as a personal story i never knew i was going to meet you at the time i was going through it i never right. knew i was going to meet you you get it so if right. your story is out there and I listen to it and I've not been able to deal with my pain from the past, your story alone can give me comfort, encouragement to go on right. and know that, oh, Absolutely. if she's done it, and, yeah. And I think the best thing that we can do is to honor our loved ones and ourselves is to think of, you know, in a loving way, think of, of spreading the word about okay. this and think yeah. about all the amazing blessings that you have and how great that you took that experience and are doing something positive exactly. and thank goodness for your children that, and your husband yeah. that you're yeah. still yeah. alive. I mean, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really great when we have these things happening to us 
they're actually happening for us that to help others. So I uh, bravo to you. Um, I think that's all we can do. Yeah, you're right. And I think also finding love again and loving people, you know, thinking about all the people that we have in our lives that bring us love. I yeah. have a new love in my life right. and I know that Ken sent him. Yeah. They are so similar and there are signs of Ken in mm-hmm. him that wow. are so it, that it's amazing they you know they both have children that are the same age they have all these different traits that are super similar and so i know that ken picked him for me and i am very grateful oh my god that's beautiful that's beautiful and i'm excited yeah. at your the course like what you're doing if there's anything um little for my side i can do to support this sepsis uh, you know awareness i'll be glad to do it if um, you let you. me know anything little you no know, to tell my story or something just to share my experience for people to know that you could have of sepsis course. from anything i'll be willing to do it to help create awareness of it because i doubt that people know much about it uh, like this i doubt right well i don't know but telling stories yeah if i didn't know i, I believe yeah. someone out there didn't know as well what it was so yeah right exactly i met one of my closest friends uh she heard a podcast that i was on and she sent me a note on facebook on uh, very rarely do i check the messages but she said i think my husband has sepsis what do i do and i said get, get to the doctor um and they said she called me and said i don't they say he doesn't i said just get a blood test and yeah. she insisted and thank God she was his advocate and she saved him. Wow. Um, and so she always says that I am her angel and I am yeah. her sister that, you know, but then two, sadly, two years later, um, she called me and it was right before the anniversary of Ken's passing and her husband got, was getting a foot surgery and he got sepsis and he passed away. Oh my God. And she, oh. instead of being, I, you know, she is so amazing. Her name is Melinda. Instead of being just so angry, even though she has moments of that, but she is like, I am so grateful that I, I had two extra years with him because I could have lost him two years earlier if I hadn't yeah. heard your podcast. Oh, my God. Another thing, let me find out. Do children get septic as well? If anyone can, yes. Good. Anyway, there's another thing I want us to talk about your your journey yes, as uh, yeah your life journey as a makeup artist. How did it start for you? Yes. How did the is a pre, is it a pretty girl uh, makeup brand? Is it makeup? Yeah. Yes, that is my brand. Yes, I started doing makeup on my family and friends, and my mother. Uh, she had brain cancer, and she was going out with my dad one day, and I said, "Oh, mom, let me make you you know do your makeup." Yeah. And she didn't have that many makeup products, but I miraculously, you know, trained, transformed her into looking like her beautiful self. And what really touched me was how she felt um, looking differently. And so that's what I love about makeup, that you can make people feel good on the end. Like, you know, beauty from the inside out, I think, is super important. I love to speak about nutrition and you know, how to have that healthy glow, being happy, laughing, having love in your life. It all shows in your face and your energy. And I started doing family and friends after that. And then I got a portfolio together and I managed to get uh, an agent. And so it just started from there. I've been very blessed and I have worked with extraordinary people and met these amazing people that I would not meet in my normal life. Yeah. I 
worked with Gucci and Louis Vuitton, Condoleezza Rice, Journey, Metallica, Dana Perino, um, Rita Moreno, Hilary Swank. I've worked with amazing people, and uh, it is so much fun, and I love it. It's hard work. You wake up early, you have long hours, but it, I enjoy it very much. What's and then when I'm not doing that, I'm working on my, uh, on my makeup brand. Oh my god! Wow, wow! I can see you, you, your hands are really full. But what is a day like for you with a, a celebrity, like doing a makeup for them? Is it a whole day? Do you spend a whole day with them doing makeup? How is it like? Is it um, is it a lot of pressure? Is it what is it like? Is it easy working with celebrities? Is it difficult? Are they saucy? What what is it like to be working with them? Well, okay, I just did a show with. Um Tyler Florence, he's a celebrity chef here in the States mm. for the Food Network. And it was six weeks, and we were traveling around all of Southern California. He's been my client for over 15 years. Oh. Uh, he's a lot of fun. We laugh a lot, but we wake up early. And I just make sure that he's, besides making sure he looks perfect for camera and his hair, I make sure that he has water um, and, you know, touch him up during the day yeah. uh, for fashion. For example, if I'm doing a catalog or I'm working with a brand, it's constant making sure the model is camera ready. And the hair and the makeup, it's uh, it's intense sometimes. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and then there's downtime and you're sitting and you're you know, doing other things. But it's uh, a lot of it is just making sure for the camera that, it's, that the person looks flawless so that the, the photographer doesn't have to do a lot of work yeah. in post. So... Okay. There's this myth out there that when you do a lot of makeup, you age quickly. How true is that? I disagree. Uh, actually, now uh, makeup, you know, has UV protection in it, so it's protecting you from the sun. Um, and of course, you have to remove your makeup every day, your yeah. mascara, all the thing, and wash your face, let it breathe. Uh, but I definitely, it does not age you. That's completely false. Uh, I, it, you know, the aging. What ages you is smoking, drinking, not getting enough exercise, not sleeping, not taking, you know, protecting your skin from the sun. Those are things that age you, but certainly not makeup. I, I have personally found out that uh, when I make up, the skin on my face looks relaxed and younger. Because, right. well, before I apply my makeup, I always put baking powder over my face. Oh, really? Because huh. I have very oily skin. And oh. I realized that it doesn't make me, you know, my makeup go, should I say old, quickly. So it looks fresh for yes. a good part of the day. Yeah. And I don't know if the the baking powder is working wonders, but I think I think it is. Because in the past, I suffered oh, from... I've never heard of that. Yeah, in the past, I suffered from acne and it left my the skin on my face really bad. But I see that the baking powder is kind of working so good for me so for me i think that makeup doesn't make you age but it's it's an argument out there that if you it uh, makes, well yeah there's an argument up for everything out in the world there is i think uh you know i think taking care of you know i think coconut oil is really fantastic for your skin and your hair and your body and your you know you can use it in your hair you can use it on your face you can use it you know on your feet to massage it's really fantastic um you can put it you could put it on your teeth as like it takes out all the toxins in your mouth and whitens your teeth 
so I think and drinking a lot of water is super helpful. Um, some people have a hard time, to, you know, dealing with, um, cheap, you know, dairy products. Yeah. But I really do feel I drink every morning when I wake up a glass of water with uh, a lemon squeezed in that keeps away my sugar cravings and mm. and then just realkalines my system. So I think it's uh, and probiotics are very helpful. Gut health, I think, is so important for just overall health. You know. Wow. So it does matter what you put into your body, definitely. It does. I, I I agree with you. What unique makeup tip can you leave with us, be it a male or a female? One unique makeup tip. Well, I think um, you know everyone has discoloration under their eyes, mm. and so making sure that you have an eye cream or some moisturizer and then concealer underneath it, and do it in layers so it's not thick. You just you know put it in, tap it in. Um, foundation should not be lighter or darker. It should just disappear. So that's like the best way to figure out which is the right color for you. Mm -hmm. um, filling in brows is really great because it frames your eyes. Uh, changing mascara out every three months, it'll be, it'll, it doesn't last forever. It's not one of those, it's not eyeshadow that'll last a year. But, um, those are some tips. Great. I think those are really good ones. I like that. But you know, there's another thing that I've realized out there and I've been thinking of making a, a putting a podcast on it out there. But once we are talking about makeup, nutrition and all that, let me chip it in. Have you realized that lately little children as little as five tend to have body odor? You and you really, yeah. And this, you, you get, you, you get this off when they are in their teenage age but it looks like the hormones right. are beginning to work very quickly in younger children i don't know if it's a food we eat is it because we eat a lot of processed food i don't know but right. little children tend to have i haven't experienced that yeah so i've i've wanted to say that parents should keep an eye on them else we'll be growing a lot of children a generation yesterday i put something something out there. i said we're going a generation of smelly children because all over the place and that is one thing i can't stand so i i get i tend to be worried about it because i meet these children and well, it's okay first of all are they drinking enough water mm. um okay water is huge they probably aren't drinking enough water we need water to flush out all the toxins, toxins. out of our body mm. and you know, I would probably be looking at um, organic food to make sure they're not having a bunch of hormones in their food mm. and their meat. Mm. And worrying is a big waste of time. It is praying for bad things to happen. So focus on what you want instead of what you don't want. Well, that would be my best advice. I like yeah. that. And yes, worrying is just a waste of energy. Wow. If you had one wish for this year, what would that be and why? Uh, there'd be no war. There'd be more love and happiness and laughter and joy. That would be my wish for everyone. Oh, my God. I think I, I agree with you because the war in Ukraine is made our bills go high, very, really, really high. Uh, energy bills. Yes. I hear it's going to be three times what we used to pay yeah. come October, and I'm dreading it. So I agree with you that we pray there'll be no more wars and we can live happily in a nice environment yes. and I, I can't agree Absolutely. with you any less yes what would your message be your final message be as we wrap up 
Well, I would say that I hope everyone is doing what they love and, you know, wake up every day inspired, uh, working and doing what they enjoy. And if you don't, then change your life. The only one that can make you have a, you're in charge of your life. It's not going to change on its own. You need to do it. So if you don't like your job, you don't like where you live, you don't like your relationship, make some change. Mm, I like that. And there's no mistakes or there's no mistakes to me or failures in life. The only failure is not trying. Mm. And if you don't, if you, you know, don't try, that is a failure. You know, if one thing doesn't work out, learn from it and do something else. It's not a big deal. Exactly. I agree with you totally. Totally. I totally agree with you. Would like to say a massive thank you, Christina, for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I wish you and your family my love. Oh, my God. Thank you very much. Thank you. And it was a delight talking to you. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 64 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. While that it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'd find us. Our prayer for you this week is to receive divine strength to power through life and emerge victorious in all things. Until we meet again, have a